0: We're not in the great outdoors, we're thinking about it. Kinder Outdoors, come on into the camp house and make yourself at home.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Kinder Outdoors camp house located on the shores of Grapevine Lake, Texas at the Vineyards Campground. And cabins, if you've never been here, you owe it to yourself to come uh, book a little time. If you have an RV, bring it out. They've got 50 amp at every space. Uh, they have cable TV at every space. Meet the Heat. Watch the ball game, enjoy the lake out the window, or from that private boat ramp at the Vineyards Campground and Cabins in Grapevine, Texas. Hey, we're going to go fishing today with some really smart guys when it comes to catching big green bass. All four are Hall of Famers, Mark Davis, Hank Parker, Jimmy Houston, and we'll kick it off with my good friend Gary Klein front door to the camp house is brought to you by calming care from the trusted name purina it very naturally settles the overactive dog the over barker the over jumper talk to your vet about calming care let's drift back a few years to a marina somewhere at the conclusion of a wounded warrior pro-am well gary klein you didn't take a day off today you took you took uh, a wounded warrior out fishing, and uh, and and you worked as hard today as you ever have in any Bassmaster tournament, man. You love this stuff.
2: Well, I really am, you know, I really do, and and yeah, I work hard every time I fish. Um, it was a great day on the water, and just to be in the presence, you know, of, of the men and women that have served this great country that allowed me the freedom yeah. to actually pursue fishing as a career is pretty humbling. Yes, it is, and you know, I think about that all the time, but. Uh, no, I, I mean, that's just the way I am. You know, I always try to do the best I can when I'm on the water fishing, and it's fun for me.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, I absolutely had a blast with you today. Uh, tell us, uh, for for folks at home that might be coming out to fish Louisville, what techniques did you use? What would you suggest? Uh, you know,
2: Louisville is really a great lake. It's got a lot of good quality fish in it, as, you know, Kevin Van Dam showed you that there was a 13-pounder swimming out there. And I've had some really good days uh, out there, but normally I fish it. You know, late spring or in the fall, uh, a lot of traffic on the lake on the weekends, but still the fish live in the water. And it's always a challenge to try to figure out a little bite. Uh, You know, today we just threw a shaky head, a spinning rod. Of course, you have three anglers in the boat, so I got to position the boat a little bit different so that everybody can cast. And, um, no, I mean, you know, I'm going to fish hard no matter where I go. Great lake, good time. Uh, I enjoyed your company today, too. How did fishing start for
1: Gary Klein? At what age? What do you remember?
2: Well, I tell you, I was born and raised in Northern California, and I've never had another occupation but competitive angling. I got introduced to the competitive side of fishing when I was 16 years old, working at a, a my summer job at the marina on Lake Orville. And I watched all these big bass boats come into the campground. I mean, these were 14-foot aluminum boats. They had 20-horse engines on them, and that really... Caught my interest. And the prize money was $500 for the weekend for an angler. And I thought, dang, I'm as good as they are. And I can win a tournament every week, and that's $2,000 a month. And that's actually how I got started. And I've learned that it's a very humbling sport. No matter who you are, how good you think you are, it always changes. But I've been very, very fortunate. In 1979, I left California uh, to pursue a career on the BASF circuit. And the reason for choosing bass is they were the biggest... Had the best anglers fishing and that was the place for me to come out and try to you know make a name for myself but like I said you know I, I've had a very good career I work real hard at it yeah. I practice I'm a very versatile angler and I think really one of the reasons why I am so competitive and that it seems like I'm always there is because I truly love to fish yeah. if even if I wasn't a competitive angler I'd still be fishing right I mean I love to fish the ponds and the streams and I like to catch fish. I don't care, you know, what species they are, I just I love to fish.
1: Now you grew up a fly fisherman. You you tied like your flies and then when you were a youngster that's that was your deal.
2: Exactly. Yeah. you know, Northern California I had access to some of the great trout fishing waters. I was ten years old, eleven years old, my parents had a cabin up there by Mount Lassen in Northern California and I mean I spent my summers up there hiking the streams and learning how to tie and and like I said,
1: I just I fell in love with the outdoors. I, I like being out in Mother Nature. Speaking of the outdoors, you, you are as, uh, every bit as big a hunter as you are a fisherman. Uh, and you're raising two daughters the same way. You're passing this on, aren't you? Well, I'm trying to the best I can. And, and uh,
2: yeah, I often tell people that I fish so I can afford to hunt. <laughs> but, I, you know, again, I, I just I love being in the outdoors, uh, in the wilderness. And, yeah, I have two great daughters, and even my wife loves to be outside. Uh, my youngest daughter uh, it was her first morning turkey hunting twenty minutes, and she killed her first bird.
1: Does she think it happens that way every time now?
2: <laughs> well, she's been with me hunting, you know deer and everything else to know that. She's pretty spoiled, but uh, yeah, she she knows that it doesn't always work out that easy. Exactly.
1: Well, I tell you what, you sir are an icon in this business, and one of the nicest guys I've ever met. And and I believe with you now appearing on Big Billy Kinder Outdoors, your career has has been made. Now, <laughs> man, that's fantastic.
2: Uh, <laughs> you know, again, I really enjoyed the day, and I just enjoy to be around people that like the outdoors. Yeah.
1: What is it about the outdoors that just that you have to have?
2: Well, you know, again, I was raised in the outdoors. I mean, you know, sleeping in a sleeping bag underneath the trees and camping and hiking all the time. But, you know, just most of the people that I'm around that truly love the outdoors. You know, we love to fish and hunt. Uh, We just have a, a deep appreciation for Mother Nature. Yeah. Uh, all the animals and the species, we take care of them. Yeah, we do harvest, you know, we selective harvest, but uh, we spend an awful lot of, you know, time managing. Um, I know on my place I spend a lot of money managing the animals, and my girls and I never kill the big ones. We always let them walk, and we harvest the does and some yearlings, but uh, I just, I wish everybody could be introduced to the sport uh, of the outdoors, and you just don't have to be a hunter or fisherman to really appreciate it.
1: Since that interview, Gary has been inducted into two Halls of Fame, the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame, and the Texas Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame. Thank you to my friends at Fortiflora for bringing us this corner of the camp house. America's number one canine probiotic is Fortiflora. Flora. The granddaddy is right around the corner. I'm talking about the 2023 Hunter's Extravaganza. Yes, it's already time, August 4 through 6 at the NRG Center in Houston. Fun for the whole family. Check out the seminars, the latest hunting gear, last season's best bucks, and for the Little Hunters games, live alligators, snakes, and a whole lot more. For details and tickets, go to huntersextravaganza.com. That's August 4, 5, and 6 at the NRG Center in Houston. The 2023 Hunter's Extravaganza. Get off the beach and into the action. Enjoy world-class Costa Rican sport fishing with Caribbean Sea Sport Fishing. Marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and more. Inshore, offshore, overnight, seamounts. Caribbean Sea Sport Fishing will work with your group to customize the perfect trip. Half day, full day, every day. Your next getaway is the best ever. Take a look at catchafishingcostarica.com. Catchafishingcostarica.com.
4: Also, don't forget Mr. Crappie Slow Troll and Double Drop Crappie Rigs. Pre-tied with number two hooks, double swivel weights, and eight-pound line. Tie one on today. Look us up at bulletweights.com.
1: If you fry your turkeys during the holiday season and you're tired of the hassle of pots, open flames under hot oil, and sticky, oily messes, then it's time to take a good look at the Cajun Fryer by R&V Works, the original, the last fryer that you'll ever need to purchase. Never duplicated. Don't be fooled. Take a look at the original Cajun Fryer at CajunFryer.com. Fresh, crisp, delicious every time. CajunFryer.com.
0: I'm looking at a 12 with a 10-inch drop time. Y'all go on inside with Kinder Outdoors.
1: From the Vineyards Campground and Cabins don't have an RV, come on out and use these fully equipped air-conditioned <laughs> stocked with dishes, pots, pans, sheets, everything you need for a weekend or a week at the lake, your own private cabin. The Vineyards Campground and Cabins Grapevine Vine Lake, Texas. It is our Kinder Outdoors Bass Fishing Hall of Fame show today. We're going back to some visits we've had over the past 14 years with some of the most successful names in the history of the sport. It was a really special day for me when we set up a little makeshift studio on the bank of a small lake in Oklahoma. I couldn't even take you there now. Don't even remember where we were. I do know that my special guest that afternoon was the legendary Jimmy Houston. To, uh, you won the Oklahoma State Championship in 1966. And uh, take a quick nap, Jimmy, because I've got to read about you a little bit here. Uh, over a million dollars won in bass tournaments, 15 Bassmaster Classics, Bass Angler of the Year in 76 and again in 86, National Freshwater uh, Fishing Hall of Fame in 1990, Pro Bass Fishing Hall of Fame 2002, IGFA Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, and Legends of the Outdoors Hall of Fame 2008, named King of Sports for Fishing in 1989. That's all I'm going to read because it's only an hour show, okay? <laughs> you
5: know, it kind of it helps when you get old, I guess. You get, you get old they start doing all that stuff for you. And, you know, uh, well, the it's IGFA... Nice be, it's
1: nice to work hard and be recognized. Well, it, it is.
5: You know, the IGFA Hall of Fame is kind of a neat deal because that's mostly saltwater, as you right, know. and right. And it is a worldwide Hall of Fame. The other Hall of Fames we're talking about all is, just, is in the United States and Americans, but... The IGFA's World worldwide, and there's and, and, and pretty much um, probably half of the people that have ever been inducted um, to the to the IGFA Hall of Fame. Most of them they were inducted after they died. So right. uh, I think there's only something like twenty two or twenty three living members in mm. that. So it must be dangerous to be in it. I'm don't know. <laughs> <laughs> i gonna back you up. I don't up a get bit. you out of here. Man, but <laughs> but, uh, but there's only a handful of freshwater fishermen actually in that. And you're talking about people like. You know, Ted Williams and Ernest right. Hemingway and, and, uh, and, and, of course, you know, current, uh, you know, let stars in there, Lefty like Cray, uh, Bill Dance and Roland Martin and Johnny Morris. And, but, you know, really probably you could count on, uh, you know, on both your, both your hands how many freshwater fishermen are in there because it's basically been a saltwater and an international hall of fame. Probably more people from outside the United States in the IGFA. Very few people put in, uh, you know, in any given t- uh, time, so it's, it's pretty special, it's, it's, and I, you know, it's, it's a, something I'm, I'm really pleased
1: with. Oh, absolutely! Congratulations on all of your honors, too. That's uh, what what a career you've had. Do you? Let's go back to your childhood. When's the first time you remember wetting a hook? Who taught you how to hunt? Who taught you how to fish?
5: You know, I tell you, Billy. I, you know, I can't remember the first fish that I I, I caught. Uh, I can't remember the, the the first time I went fishing. I, I just don't. I I've never. I can't remember any, uh, not fishing. I guess mm-hmm. what you might say and. I grew up uh, not too far north of here at Moore, Oklahoma, and uh, uh, we lived uh, out, you know, which is the city now where we live, but it was country then. And we had a lot of farm ponds around. I I grew up fishing a lot of farm ponds. Uh, my my dad, my two uncles, my granddad carried me fishing as long as I can remember. Uh, we did a lot of uh, uh, crawfish fishing in uh, Crooked Creek, uh, run behind the house <laughs> with the, the bacon and catching crawfish and yeah. crawdads, we called them. And in those days and and, uh, and, and, you know, it, uh, living around Moore, Oklahoma, uh, it was in the, in the country. It's a, it's a big city school, uh, district now, mm-hmm. but it was in the country and that's what the kids did. We fished and hunted and all my, all my family fished and hunted. So, so, so that's what we did. Uh, I, I got a buddy of mine that, uh, I fish and hunt with now uh, quite a bit, uh, Toby Keith. It's also from Moore and he tells, uh, he's a country singer and he, he tells everybody that, that I was the most famous person ever from Moore, Oklahoma, until he came along. <laughs> they put his name on the water tower, and I told him, I said, I had my name on that water tower, you know, before you were born. Oh, man. But, but they, they painted over my name on that water tower, you know, I had it up there in John Deere Green. Uh, a, lot of people,
1: a lot of people don't know this, but uh, but Jimmy Houston is a deacon at his Baptist church, and your faith runs deep and means a lot to you, doesn't it? It does, you know,
5: and uh, I have been a deacon at that church for, for quite a few years now, and uh, I speak to probably twenty-five or thirty big churches around the nation. What do you tell them? Uh, well, you know, I just share my faith with them. Mm-hmm. I, I share the testimony and share what uh, you know what God's doing in my life at that particular time. You mm-hmm. know, which is uh, uh, is always a, you know different from time to time. You know, we've been doing that for for a lot of years, and mm-hmm. mostly now we do speak to to pretty good sized churches. Uh, it's usually the First Baptist Church in an area or a big non-denominational church. Right. Uh, you know, that's been a, a tremendous pleasure too. That that's probably as exciting to me as as meeting, you know, like I said, people like governors and presidents. Sure. And although that's a big thrill too. I, oh, I, sure. I, I got to yeah. admit, our governor here in Oklahoma loves the bass fish, Brad Henry, and, yeah. uh, and of course the, the governor, current governor of Texas is an outdoorsman, loves to Absolutely. fish. Absolutely, and and, Perry's and, a big guy. And, uh, and you know, actually, when I I actually met George W. Bush uh, when when his daddy uh, was vice president. And uh, at a fishing event, and and he huh. was, you know, he's about my age, and so uh, you go clear back to when Ronald Reagan was president, when when George H was um uh, uh, right. vice president. So that's quite a few years back, and and uh, and that's all we talked about in those, those days was fishing, and never realizing that someday he would be the governor of Texas and and, and the president of the United States. So, yeah. It's uh, just awesome. The trail And, uh, and, and I, I almost hate to, I almost hate to say this, and I hope it doesn't get out, but but. But GW's daddy's a better fisherman than he is, and uh, you know, and you I, hope it
1: doesn't get out. But we just announced I, I, it on a clear channel radio station across the. Yeah, America. yeah. GW lives in Dallas now. Yeah, he
5: does. He's a, he's a great friend, and uh, and obviously was a, a tremendously great president. Yeah. And, and, and and he he's a good fisherman, and uh, hopefully soon I'll get to take him again, and he can prove that he can outfish his daddy. There you go. There you go.
1: There you go. I got to talk to you real quick about television. First of all. First time you ever kissed a fish, it must you must have gotten a heck of a reaction. Because you've kissed every one of them since.
5: Kiss, no, I don't. I only kiss the female fish. and uh, <laughs> Mostly mostly the attractive female fish. But I've kissed yeah. a few unattractive ones, too. But but uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't kiss the boys. Uh, you Not know, on. on the pink team. No <laughs> way. <Right. laughs> but, uh, but, you know, and I don't know where we started kissing fish. I have no idea. They were probably in a tournament situation. Or maybe one time we was doing a television show and needing a, a good fish or two. We've never staged a fish in 34 years of of outdoor television we caught them all live right in front of the camera i'm so, so glad you
1: said that yeah we've never
5: done that and and uh and there are a lot of fish stage on television as people know but we've just never done it and and probably well, i guess we're too old to do it now but uh but it was probably one of those days maybe when we just really needed another fish or two to make sure we got a show that day because mm-hmm. you know if you if you go out and you fish all day and you don't catch that fish to get a television show it's just you strike out right it's Just like a a hitter that walks up to the plate and and uh, you know and takes three strikes and walks back to the dugout, he really had not accomplished much at that time in bat. And so uh, that that's just part of it. Uh, twenty three years or twenty years at ESPN. We were at uh, we were on ESPN for 20 years. top rated outdoor
1: show on ESPN. Top rated show
5: there for almost all of those twenty years and uh, certainly the last eighteen or nineteen of them. And I think we still are the third longest running show ever on ESPN. Mm-hmm. The largest, the longest running show on ESPN consecutively has been Sports Center, and actually the second longest running show on there is Jerry McKinnis' The Fishing Hole. Hey, thank you so much for the time, Jimmy. And listen, come out to West Texas, go bird hunting with me.
1: I've got some pretty nice bird dogs.
5: Hey, I tell you, I love it. I, you know, I kill a lot of birds every year. I, I love to bird hunt, uh, both quail and pheasant. And uh, we we do a lot of turkey hunting and deer hunting yeah. and killed me a big 300 score bull with my bow and you talk. Awesome, so man. We, right. uh, we get after that hunting pretty hard. Yes, you this, do. This is a great time of the year. You, you have a Make a tough decision every day whether to go hunting or fishing. I know, yeah, I, it's a great normally Just do both. <laughs> right, there you go. That's what the middle of the
1: day is for. That's That's line. Thank you, Jimmy Houston. Thank you, Billy. Getting to know the Hall of Famers a little bit better on the show today. Bass Fishing Hall of Famers, Gary Klein, Jimmy Houston, Mark Davis, and Hank Parker is up next. This corner of the camphouse brought to you by Fortaflora, America's number one canine probiotic hard-working bird dog or lovable lap dog. They all suffer from GI upset from time to time, and hey, Florida Flora fixes that. One thing about all of these guys on the show today, not only are they extremely talented bass fishermen, but they have the ability to communicate well, and they love to pass on what they do. Just some of the elements that make them Hall of Famers.
5: This is Jimmy Houston, and when I'm not in the great outdoors... I'm sure thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors.
1: (laughs) Can you believe it's almost time for the Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza? It's certainly time to get it on the calendar. The 2023 Hunters Extravaganza will be in Fort Worth, August 11th through the 13th. Fort Worth Convention Center. You know the drill. Seminars. Equipment, gear, the best bucks from last year, live alligators, snakes, and a whole lot more. For more details, go to huntersextravaganza.com. August 11-13, Fort Worth Convention Center. The Hunter's Extravaganza. John Payne and his Tejas Ranch Fence Company know that there's no cookie-cutter approach.
3: Every job.
1: Every ranch, every lay of land is unique and custom.
3: We're able to take a look at the owner's intent, the individual characteristics of the property, and really come up with a solution that works for them. We've got a great team here that has a passion for what we do. Your land, our passion. We love bringing out the best in your property. RanchFence.com.
1: When we're not on the road hunting or fishing America, Kinder Outdoors calls the vineyards, campground, and cabins in Grapevine, Texas home. It has everything I need to prepare and broadcast coast-to-coast and border-to-border each week. Full hookups, cable TV, and 50-amp service at every RV site. Strong Wi-Fi that's powerful enough to ship Kinder Outdoors to you, no matter where you are in the U.S. or Canada. Most importantly, I can walk out of my fifth wheel and launch my boat at the Vineyard's boat ramp without ever leaving the gated property. There's a sandy beach, a fully stocked camp store complete with firewood, groceries, and even commonly needed RV supplies. Rent a golf cart to make your way around this giant park located on the shores of Grapevine Lake, Texas. Every single cabin and RV is lakefront or lake view, and you're just blocks away from Main Street Grapevine with fantastic shopping and dining. As you can imagine, the Vineyards Campground and Cabin stays pretty busy, so why don't you block a little time right now at VineyardsCampground.com. There's a place I love to go in the pristine Texas hill country that features first-class lodging, outstanding cuisine, world-class wing shooting, the best free-range access deer hunting in the world, my favorite, by the way, plus native whitetails and turkey, and some of the most comfortable hosts that you've ever enjoyed. Don't forget to throw in the fly rod. You'll want to experience the crystal clear waters of Joshua Creek and the Guadalupe River. Rolling hills and Texas live oaks, friendly smiles, and spring-fed waters. Orbis and Beretta agree that Joshua Creek is one of the finest hunting and shooting ranches in existence. And I think you will, too. You won't find a prettier place to get married. And our staff and facilities will make your corporate event, family reunion, or private party turnkey and the best you'll ever experience. Joshua Creek Ranch in the historic Texas Hill Country between San Antonio and Fredericksburg. Want to go? Of course you do. JoshuaCreek.com. Ag Texas. The name itself says trust, honesty, strength, and tradition. Ag Texas has from the get go been dedicated to the prosperity of agriculture and rural america the ag texas family can help grow your herd or your operation give us a call and talk to ag texas pros about risk management in the form of crop insurance protecting borrowed capital and savings we specialize in everything from dairy cows to pecan trees and have the right financial tools and knowledge at ag texas to help you grow and grow safely we can't tell you when it's going to rain again but we can assure that your crop, your cows, your family, and the family land are secure and protected no matter the storm or the dry spell. We are agriculture at Ag Texas, and we look forward to visiting with you. Ag Texas is at agtexas.com and just down the road.
6: Every animal that has ever roamed this planet was designed as hunted or hunter, predator. Or prey. We are hunters. If it were ever necessary, even the strictest vegan would return to the wild, driven to survive by the instincts of his ancestors. Those who hide behind the soft delusion of their own ignorance do so from within a civilization whose very being costs the lives of countless creatures every single day. Death is an undeniable fuel of life. This is the undeniable truth of existence. To live in balance with the planet that sustains us, we must admit and embrace the nature within us. Trust the hunter in your blood.
0: The rough brush of South Texas to the thick bush of South Africa. It's Kinder Outdoors.
1: This corner of the Camp House is brought to you by the Hunters Extravaganza shows that are kicking off in about a month. First one in Houston at the NRG Center. Get it on your calendar August 4, 5, and 6. Then it's back to Tarrant County, Fort Worth, Texas on the weekend of August 11, 12, and 13. And they'll wrap it up in San Antonio. August 18, 19, and 20 at the Freeman Coliseum Expo Hall. The Hunter's Extravaganza is coming up. The unofficial kickoff to the Texas hunting seasons. We're taking a stroll through the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame on the show today. So far, we've heard from Gary Klein and Jimmy Houston. And, of course, everybody loves this guy, Hank Parker. Hank Parker. Man, I've been wanting to sit down with you for a long time uh, because... There's, there's two things in this life that just make me happy. Banjo music and watching Hank Parker on TV. Man, that's you're just fun. You have fun with life, don't you?
7: You know, I've never been rated up there with banjo music. I think that's pretty hot right there. You've
1: never heard a sad banjo song in your life, have you? <laughs> no, I really have Now that
7: I think about it, you're right on Ricky Skaggs. That's my, That's got to be your hero.
1: <laughs> He's right up there for sure. I'm sure when this television thing started, you had no idea that, what, 27 years later it'd still be going you know, it was, we just took it a day at a time, and it's been
7: fun. I had no idea how long the ride would be, but uh, it was something I love to do, and I've had a good time, and I want to continue as long as I can, but it is surprising that it's lasted this
1: long. You started fishing, what, when you were 16 years old? What got you interested in bass fishing in particular, fishing?
7: You know, when I was a kid, my grandfather took me red breast fishing down on the Oak Muggy River in Georgia, and it was just so fascinating to be able to sight fish. And you'd see these fish that were uh, spawning and they were nesting, and you could cast to them. And as I got older, you know, we didn't have that red breast fishing in North Carolina where I lived, but we had bass fishing, and bass fishing was similar and uh, i just got absolutely fascinated and hooked on fishing at a real real young age probably six seven eight years old and then when i was 10 11 years old i, I kind of gravitated toward bass and by the time i was 16 i was i was hooked completely
1: <laughs> you were eat up with it when did you kind of look at your fishing and say you know what i'm pretty good at this i think i can beat those older guys you know, I had no options.
7: I wasn't qualified to do anything other than pick up tin cans on the side of the road, and the aluminum prices were extremely low. And, uh, you know, uh, don't litter, don't mess with Texas. You know how that that kind of started in North Carolina. People weren't throwing their cans out, so it was hard to make a living doing that. So I had my other option was going fishing, so I chose fishing.
1: And you did well. A couple of Bassmaster Classics. What's it take? I know we've got a lot of, a lot of local trails that listen to the show every week and a lot of local fishermen. What's it take to win a Classic? It, and don't say luck, doggone it.
7: Well, you know, it is the the... the Harder you work, the luckier you'll get. You'll find that always. But it doesn't matter whether it's a Bassmaster Classic. It doesn't matter if it's a club championship. It doesn't matter what it is. I've never really been motivated motivated by the money. I've always been motivated by the competition. And uh, you got to focus and you got to understand who you're fishing against, and understand the water you're fishing against, and understand the capability of what that lake is. You know, you go to some lakes and you realize, boy, you're going to get so few bites. You don't want to catch fish in practice. You want to really be conservative. If you go to other lakes and everybody's going to catch a limit of fish, or so you've got to get a better grade of fish, So you've got to catch fish in practice to understand. So part of being able to uh, compete, and today it's so much easier than it was in the past because there's so much history that you can look up about a lake and about a tournament on the Internet that you kind of know what it takes to win. So you've got to know the personality of that lake going in for that particular time of year to know kind of what you're shooting for.
1: I've heard you say before that one of your favorite parts of fishing is figuring out a new body of water. You really enjoy the study that goes into it. Somebody uh, pulling up on the, on a lake for the very first time, dumping the boat in. What are you looking for? You know, again,
7: you go back to uh, a little bit of research, you've got to ask yourself now, is it spawning season, is it pre-spawn, is it post-spawn, uh, are the fish keying in on food or, or a spawning area, uh, so you determine what you're looking for. And One of the things that I tell people when fish are keying in on bait, uh, look for the birds. Go find the birds. They're going to show you where the bait is every time without exception. They fish for a living, so they're going to be where the bait is. You find the bait, you find the cover, and then you have this big tackle box. I like to call it a toolbox because fishing lures are nothing but tools. And you look into your fishing toolbox and you say, Now what lure do I have that would most thoroughly fish this structure? And you choose a bait accordingly. You know, you, you look at the size of the bait fish the fish are feeding on and you take all that into Consideration, and then you start with your lure selection, and it's just a process of elimination. We're going to try this, we're going to try this, and we're going to try this. And it's always important to keep that process of elimination going in an in a order that you can keep up with and you know you don't go back and start repeating yourself. Once you've eliminated water and eliminated the lure, move on, move on. A lot of people get hung up. I tell people if you want to be a better fisherman, then leave your favorite bait at home for a year. There are so many people that rely on a bait. They don't read the water. Hey, I caught them on this lipless crankbait three times in a row, that's all I'm going to throw. And that is a very, very bad habit and a pit to fall into. Leave your favorite bait at home for a year and you'll learn to be more effective at reading water and discerning what lure you need to use to catch fish under all sorts of circumstances and conditions.
1: And and guys, I want to make it clear, he said leave your favorite bait at home for a year, not your wife, right?
7: (laughs) Absolutely. Your (laughs) wife is way more important. People tell me all the time, you know, boy, what a great accomplishment. I know you've made a lot of sacrifices to be able to do what you do, and uh, I agree with, with that. I have. I've made a lot of sacrifices, but I will tell you this. I have a wife, uh, children, and grandchildren. I wouldn't trade one of my children or my wife or my grandchildren for every bass at every swam. They're way more important to me than fishing.
1: Speaking of relationships, you were a pretty much a knothead till you were about 16 years old. What in the heck changed you? Well, I,
7: I wasn't pretty much a knothead. I was a total pine knot, just as fat headed as you could get. And uh, when I was actually 21 years old, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, and the whole perspective for me inside you know I changed from the inside out I looked at life different but God really got a hold of me and showed me who I was and I didn't like who I was at all and he allowed me to make changes I hadn't made all the changes I need to I'm a work in progress
1: (laughs) we all are and we like to hang on to things and and we do because we're still human Um, winning a couple of Bassmaster classics being so popular on television through the years that's allowed you to go fishing with some pretty neat people that God put on this earth. Who are some of your favorite folks?
7: Well, I'm a big uh, George W. Herbert Bush fan. I've had the privilege to fish in a couple of presidential tournaments with him. That's been pretty awesome, and George W. as well. I've I fished with Larry Bird, I've fished with Randy White of the Dallas Cowboys, I've I, I fished with Bo Jackson back in the days that Bo was on top of the world, I've had great privilege fish with uh, Tony Dungy just a year ago, had a great time with uh, Tony Dungy, what an awesome man he is, fished with a lot of great people, but out of everybody I fish with, I guess I like fishing with my sons and my grandson the best. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> you also get a big kick out of fishing with kids. Uh, uh, handicapped kids, disabled kids, and our military folks. We love them, I, and I, I appreciate you loving them.
7: You know, you got to have a purpose. And uh, when there are people that you can help just by being there and spending time and taking a little bit of time to, to bring some attention to who they are and whatever their problems may be, and you can bring that to light, and just have a good day. Go out and forget. You know, we take a lot of children with life-threatening illnesses that, uh, through the Outdoor Dream Foundation, which is an awesome, Organization out of South Carolina, and we take these uh, kids, and they forget about chemotherapy. They forget about surgery. They forget at least for that one day. And to see these little kids smile and to hug your neck, and that breaks your heart. I, I don't mind telling you, some of my toughest experiences have been when, uh, when some of these little guys pass away, or some of these little girls that you uh, you grow so close to, but. For at least one day, I was able to help him smile,
1: and that's, that's worth a lot. He's a Hall of Fame man, Hank Parker. This corner of the camp house at Kinder Outdoors is brought to you by the Hunter's Extravaganza. Last year, the show for the first time ever went to Dallas to the convention center because of logistics issues in Tarrant County. This year, they want you to know that the Hunter's Extravaganza is back at the Fort Worth Convention Center August 11 through 13 it's hank parker
7: and when i'm not in the great outdoors i'm thinking about it with kinder outdoors
1: at marksman we know firearms our mission is to guide and educate whether you're new to firearms or an experienced skilled shooter We offer a large selection at reasonable prices with staff that's truly knowledgeable and always puts the customer first. Military and first responders get a 10% discount, and we offer free 90-day layaway. For guns, ammo, optics, or accessories, head to Marksman Firearms in Granbury, Mansfield, Killeen, or Wichita Falls. Make your mark at Marksman. When you drop your wild game off at Cinnamon Creek Ranch Wild Game Processing, go ahead, order up your ground meat and breakfast sausage. But don't stop there. We
8: worked on a taco meat for three years to where women and kids would eat it, and a chili that we make now where you just take these things home and just throw them in a crock pot or fry them in a pan and they're ready to go. Our tamales are probably hands down to anyone's. They're double meat and, you know, Masa, and they're simple, and they're and they're. We just can't make them fast enough. They're fully cooked. All you got to do is poke two or three holes in the bag that we give them to you in, and throw them in the microwave for three and a half minutes aside, and it's like we just pulled them out of our steamer the day we made them.
1: These items have become staples in our home. Robin's favorite is the taco meat. I'm partial to the tamales, and what a feast when we put it all together for friends and family cinnamon creek wild game processing just north of fort worth about a mile from cabela's as the crow flies cinnamoncreekranch.com the granddaddy is right around the corner i'm talking about the 2023 hunters extravaganza yes it's already time august four through six at the nrg center in houston Fun for the whole family, check out the seminars, the latest hunting gear, last season's best bucks, and for the Little Hunters games, live alligators, snakes, and a whole lot more. For details and tickets, go to huntersextravaganza.com. That's August 4, 5, and 6 at the NRG Center in Houston, the 2023 Hunters Extravaganza. From the deck of your private cabin overlooking the confluence of the famous White and Norfolk Rivers at Norfolk Resort Trout Dock, you can see crystal clear running waters that hold one of the world's greatest populations of rainbow and brown trout. In fact, this is the home of world record trout. You might be distracted though by the beautiful rolling Ozark Mountains that hold you during your stay. Just up the road a few miles is incredible bass fishing for largemouth, smallmouth and spots. You'll find the best guides in the business at Norfolk Resort, and your boat is just a short walk from your cabin. Your guide will find a gravel shoal perfect for preparing a hot shore lunch with fresh-caught trout and all the trimmings. You'll think about a nap after lunch, but there's more fish to catch and river to explore before retiring to your fully furnished riverside hideaway. Sound good?
9: Of course it does. Norfolk Resort Trout Dock in Norfolk, Arkansas. NorfolkResort.com Life is better outdoors. Relax and find your space at the beautiful vineyards, campground, and cabins on Grapevine Lake. Well known for its peaceful setting, lovely grounds, lakefront views, and accommodating Texas-friendly staff. Our full hookup sites can accommodate all bus or RV sizes and offer 50-amp service, many spacious pull-throughs, cable TV, and lightning-fast Wi-Fi. Our fully furnished cabins make it easy to feel miles away without actually roughing it. Enjoy a partially shaded private beach, large playground, fishing pier, water sport rentals, hiking trails, and more. The on-site camp store offers a wide selection of camping supplies, groceries, and gifts. Our landmark pavilion is perfect for your next reunion, rally, or wedding. You'll feel miles away from everything when you're only minutes from anything. Check out historic downtown Grapevine with various entertainment venues, large festivals and events, restaurants, wineries, shopping, and the new world-class Harvest Hall. The Vineyards Campground and Cabins. VineyardsCampground.com
0: Come share our campfire and a good story or two. Kender Outdoors.
1: Presented by the Trophy Hunters Extravaganza coming back to Fort Worth after a year in Dallas. Last year it will be in Fort Worth. At the Convention Center, August 11th through the 13th, all the latest hunting gear and equipment. the Last season's best bucks from the annual deer contest. That's always uh, a great time to go and see all the uh, awesome mounts from across the state of Texas. Live gators, snakes, it's all there. The Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza in Fort Worth, August 11th, 12, and 13. As we peruse the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame... Let's pause for just a minute in Mount Ida, Arkansas, home of Hall of Famer Mark Davis. Mark, I tell you what, there was something missing last year when I'd go to these big time bass tournaments around the country, and that was you. It was sure good to see you on the bow of the boat uh, this past weekend down in Conroe.
10: Yes, sir. It's good to be back. I'll tell you, I took a year off and uh, had my right hip replaced, and uh, everything's working well so far. So good.
1: That's good. It's good to see you healthy and and back where you need to be and uh we just wanted to call and tell you congratulations on your uh acceptance into the hall of fame that's about as high as you can go in the bass fishing industry and no one deserves it more mark
10: well i appreciate that billy and it's a uh, bit a fun career and uh still still going strong hopefully you know after this uh surgery and all but uh still looking forward to putting in some some more good years hopefully at it and uh that's just a, a great honor for me to, uh, to for that to be inducted in the Bash Fishing Hall of Fame. That's just that's
1: just a, a great honor. Absolutely, it is. And how did you find out about it? Uh, when did you learn that you were going in?
10: Well, those rascals at MLF, you know, we just had had that event uh, down at Lake Conroe, and um, they kept it a secret from me. And they invited me over to the set, you know. On um, one of our off days during the event, and I thought I was going over there for a for just an interview you know and uh
8: they get me all
10: macked up and and on the live stream and and uh all of a sudden they had recorded earlier with with k v d and gary klein and and uh shaw and and paula lice and 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 they they broke the news. To me you know through that so it it really caught me off guard i was not at all expecting that so that was that was a sweet surprise
1: that's a great moment and we're going to link that up on uh, our website for folks to see as well it's on the major league fishing uh, website if you want to see the moment that uh, mark found out about it man from the time you started fishing professionally until now, things have changed equipment-wise drastically, the boats, the electronics, the rods, the reels, the line, the lures, the whole shebang. It's lighter, it's faster, it's tougher, it's stronger, it's better. What were you fishing with 23, 24 years ago when you first fished a professional bass tournament?
10: I began in 1986, and boat-wise, I was running a 19-foot Bass Cat Ventura, which was you know, a big boat in those days, you know, a 19 footer in the late 80s, mid 80s, that was a big boat. And of course yeah. we had, had 150s back in those days. And, uh, you know, some flashers and, uh, 24 volt trolling motors. And, you know, if you had two good flashers and a good trolling motor, you, you were, you were, you were doing good. And that's what our boats were rigged with back in those days. And now we've got, oh my gosh, it's changed so much, Billy, you know. Everything's bigger, better, stronger, lighter, as you said, and, and electronics, uh, rods, reels, lures, hooks, everything, line, everything is just, it, it's changed so much, and it's going to continue to change. You know, I was hanging around the boat shopping and, and, just got back home a day or two ago, and, and, you know, we were talking about the live scope and the new live units from Lorentz and, and how good they are, and, and someone in there said, when will it ever stop? When will it ever end? And my answer was it, it, it will not end. It's going to continue to improve. And, uh, you know, who knows, you know, 10, 20 years from now, who knows where we're going to be with this stuff.
1: And these uh, young kids like Hunter and Fisher, your twin boys fishing, uh, that have been fishing in the high school circuits and then onto the college circuits, and these kids coming out, man, you can see that new stuff reflected in them. They get it. Oh.
10: Absolutely, of course. The, yeah, and the learning curve is is a lot shorter now than it was. You know, when I started, and when I started, you know, you, you had to pretty much learn it on your own. You know, and and these these young kids nowadays, there's so much out there they can pick up. They still have to go out there and make it work for them, but it's so much easier, you know, for them to pick it up and 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 apply it to their fishing than it was you know, thirty years ago.
1: When you first started a waypoint back then was eyeballing a telephone pole in line with an oak tree and, That's and exactly getting right. to, Yeah, get okay. out there by line of sight.
10: Yep. And and you know you, you I think you were a better angler in those days because you had to uh you talk about a piece of structure, when I say structure I'm talking about like a hump or a creek channel or, or something like that. You had to visualize by using your electronics how that thing was shaped you know and uh, then you learned as you idled around on it and looking at the shape of it you you found those little features that held the fish whether it be you know a point or you know a sharp drop or, or whatever it was on that piece of piece of structure that held the fish but you you had to visualize you know in your mind you didn't have a map you didn't have a gps map to look at nowadays you you can see all the little features out there on that structure, on a ledge or whatever that you're fishing. In those days, you didn't have that. Then you had to basically fish, and like you said, you had to line up things and, and find triangulate and, and have lineups, and, and that was the way you had to fish.
11: And yeah. If
10: it, was fog, if it was foggy that morning, you couldn't see your lineups. Guess what? You probably weren't <laughs> going to get on the spot. You know.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's a lot, a lot much different now. <laughs> yes sir it has changed a lot hey when you uh first began fishing uh bass in the very early days who were some of the heroes of fishing then who were the guys you looked up to
10: well larry larry nixon was always my hero you know he was from arkansas and of course he larry moved to lead bend uh right out of right out of school and, and started guiding down there and, and fishing tournaments and he was the man. I mean, there there were some others, uh, but Larry was the guy that I looked up to the most. He was just the at, when I came along, in my opinion, Larry was the most complete angler on the tour as far as uh, you know, knowing how to. Could, he was so versatile he could do it all, and and I and I tried to emulate Larry, and that was and you know Larry's still fishing. Larry, Larry's getting on up in years just like all of us, but you know, there was a lot of good guys out there, but Larry Larry was my hero.
1: Hey, if I remember correctly, you told your dad you wanted to be a professional bass fisherman, and he kind of frowned on that, didn't he?
10: Well, he did, and, you know, this was uh, – I was i was lucky, I guess, or maybe I was unlucky, I don't know, but, uh, you know, and I, I talk to my boys all the time, well, you know, what are you going to do get out of school? They don't know what they want to do, but I was one of those kids that – I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I want to make a live bass fishing, and of course, my dad was old school. And he's like, "Son, no one makes a live bass fishing. You know, that's just not a you know that, that that's that, that's not going to work." Of course, uh, you know, in, in those days there weren't but a handful. Of that. I'm talking about back when I was in grade school, uh, you know, maybe nine, ten years old. There there was just a, a little bitty handful of guys, and you know, tournament bass fishing was was it was a brand new sport in those days so uh yeah he he wasn't too keen on the idea of it starting out but once i got into it uh, he, i had his full support once i got started he could kind of see the the road you know that that was laid out there in front of me and uh he he was all for it once i got going with it
1: well and it has uh that road has led directly to the hall of fame you've done it at such a high level for such a long time and as we saw on conroe just a few days ago you're still fishing at a very high level and again mark we congratulate you and we're sure tickled for you
10: well i sure appreciate that billy and uh like i said i people ask me all the time 55 people ask all the time well how many more years are you gonna fish and i said hey i take it you know one year at a time but i have no plans of stopping any time in, in the future or, or, or at least in the near future you know i'm <laughs> you can't do it forever but I have no plans of stopping yet.
0: in good conservation company with Kender Outdoors.
1: From our home away from home at the Vineyards Campground and Cabins on Grapevine Lake, Texas. Private beach, a sandy beach uh, here at the Vineyards. That has been the hot spot lately with temperatures and triple digits around this place. This corner of the camp house is brought to you by Purina Pro Plan. Pick up a bag at Atwoods Ranch and Home Stores today. Make the switch with your dog to the Pro Plan formula that best suits them. Then watch what happens over the next couple of weeks. You're going to see a healthier dog. I've seen it happen too many times. I know. Pro Plan at Atwoods. Visiting with all Hall of Famers from the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame today, starting with Major League Fishing co-founder Gary Klein. Well, Gary Klein, you didn't take a day off today. You took you took uh, a wounded warrior out fishing, and uh and and you worked as hard today as you ever have in any Bassmaster tournament, man. You love this stuff.
2: Well, I really am. And, you know, I really do. And and yeah, I work hard every time I fish. Um, it was a great day on the water, and just you know, to be in the presence of the men and women that have served this great country that have allowed me the freedom yeah. to actually pursue fishing as a career is pretty humbling. And, and you know, I think about that all the time, but. Uh, no, I, I mean, that's just the way I am. You know, I always try to do the best I can when I'm on the water fishing, and it's fun for me. I enjoyed your company today, too.
1: How did fishing start for Gary Klein? At what age? What do you remember?
2: Well, I tell you, I was born and raised in
1: Northern California, and I've never
2: had another occupation but competitive angling. I got introduced to competitive side of fishing when I was 16 years old, working at a, a, my summer job at the marina on Lake Orville. And I watched all these big bass boats come into the campground. I mean, these were 14-foot aluminum boats. They had 20-horse engines on them, and that really caught my interest. And the prize money was $500 for the weekend for an angler, and I thought, dang, I'm as good as they are. I can God, I can win a tournament every weekend. That's right. $2,000 a month. That's actually how I got started, and I've learned that it's a very humbling sport. No matter who you are, how good you think you are, it always changes. But I've been very, very fortunate. In 1979, I left California uh, to pursue a career on the BASF circuit, and the reason for choosing basses, they were the biggest, they had the best anglers fishing, and that was the place for me to come out and try to, you know, make a name for myself, and, you know, now, that's been 31 years ago, and, you know, I'm fixing to fish my 29th Bassmaster Classic.
1: 29th Bassmaster Classic. You took two years off, so 29 plus 2 is 31. That's every year, Gary. Yeah, well,
2: pretty much. I did miss 2001. Um, Like I said, you know, I've had a very good career I work real hard at it. Yeah. I practice. I'm a very versatile angler. And I think really one of the reasons why I am so competitive and that it seems like I'm always there is because I truly love to fish. Yeah. If, even if I wasn't a competitive angler, I'd still be fishing. Right. I mean, I love to fish the ponds and the streams, and I like to catch fish. I don't care, you know, what species they are. I just I love to fish.
1: Now, you grew up a fly fisherman. You, you tied your flies, up. and then when you were a youngster, that's, that was your deal.
2: Exactly. Yeah, you know, Northern California. I had access to some of the great trout fishing waters. I was ten years old, eleven years old. Uh, my parents had a cabin up there by Mount Lassen in Northern California. And I mean, I spent my summers up there hiking the streams and learning how to tie. And and like I said, I just I fell in love with the outdoors. Uh, I like being out in Mother Nature.
1: Speaking of the outdoors, you you are as uh, every bit as big a hunter as you are a fisherman. Uh, and you're raising two daughters the same way. You're passing this on, aren't you?
2: Well, I'm trying to the best I can. And, and uh, yeah, I often tell people that I fish so I can afford to hunt. <laughs> but, I, you know, again, I, I just I love being in the outdoors, uh, in the wilderness. And, yeah, I have two great daughters, and even my wife loves to be outside.
1: Right, That's awesome. <laughs> tell me about your turkey hunting this spring, how
2: to go. <laughs> Man, uh, you couldn't have writ it, written a script any better. I, my youngest daughter, who just turned 13, uh, it was her first morning turkey hunting, 20 minutes, and she killed her first bird.
1: Does she think it happens that way every time now?
2: Well, she's been with me hunting, you know, deer and everything else. To know that she's pretty spoiled,
1: but uh, <laughs> yeah, she she knows that it doesn't always work out that easy. Congratulations on your 29th Classic qualification. It's unbelievable. Only one guy ahead of you. We know who that is. Yeah, it's a real good friend of mine, Rick Lund. Uh, he's actually qualified
2: for 30, 34 Bassmasters Classics.
1: You see yourself hanging in there and doing this and. Maybe whippity?
2: Well, you know, obviously, you know, I, th- I think just longevity. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, I am catching Ricky uh, uh, slowly but surely, but uh, he's an icon in the sport. Uh, he's won the Angler of the Year, won the Bassmaster Classic four times. Nobody in the history of the sport has done that, along with all the other titles. But I've learned a lot from Ricky over the years, and I truly admire him.
1: Well, I tell you what. You are also, sir, are an icon in this business, and one of the nicest guys I've ever met. and and I believe with you now appearing on Big Billy Kinder Outdoors, your career has has been made now. <laughs> Man, that's fantastic. Uh,
2: and we'll have to do it again. Uh, you know again, I really enjoyed the day and I just enjoy to be around
1: people that like the outdoors, yeah. What is it about the outdoors that just that you have to have?
2: You know, again, I was raised in the outdoors. I mean, you know, sleeping in a sleeping bag underneath the trees and camping and hiking all the time. But, you know, I, just most of the people that I'm around that truly love the outdoors, you know, we love to fish and hunt. We just have a, a deep appreciation for Mother Nature, yeah. uh, all the animals and the species. We take care of them. Yeah, we do harvest, you know, we selective harvest, but uh, we spend an awful lot of, you know, time managing. Um, I know on my place I spend a lot of money managing the animals, and my girls and I never kill the big ones. We always let them walk, and we harvest the does and some yearlings. But uh, I just I wish everybody could be introduced to the sport uh, of the outdoors, and and you just don't have to be a hunter or fisherman to really appreciate it. I'm professional angler Gary Klein, and when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm always thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors.
1: Raising cattle in West Texas for five generations. Get off the beach and into the action. Enjoy world-class Costa Rican sport fishing with Carob Sea Sport Fishing. Marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and more. Inshore, offshore, overnight, seamounts. Carob Sea Sport Fishing will work with your group to customize the perfect trip. Half day, full day, every day. Your next getaway is the best ever. Take a look at catchafishincostarica.com catch a fish in costa rica.com hey san antonio get the hunters extravaganza on your calendar yes it's coming back to the birthplace of the texas trophy hunters extravaganza august 18 19 and 20 at the freeman coliseum expo hall block the calendar out block the whole weekend out you know the drill seminars all the latest gear big bucks Live gators, snakes, it's all there. The hunter's extravaganza at the Freeman Coliseum Expo Hall, August 18th through the 20th.
4: Crappie anglers, tired of tying knots? Hey, Wally Marshall, Mr. Crappie here to tell you about the all-new Atta Hook by Bullet Weights. The Atta Hook is designed to put a hook on your line without using any knots or cutting your line. Hold the add-a-hook next to your fishing line, then wrap the line five times around each side, pull your line into the clips, and bam, you're ready to go, and it will not slip. I can tie a double crappie rig in 30 seconds, when it takes up to six minutes to tie one with all the knots. Add-a-hook is made of stainless steel, no rust, flexible, and tough. Mr. Crappie and Bullet Weights has made it better, faster, and easier for crappie fishermen to get back in the water catching more crappie than ever. Bullet Weights has a full line of Mr. Crappie double metal rigs for trolling and vertical fishing. The Mr. Crappie troll check rigs are designed to troll in shallow waters and heavy cover, keeping two baits close together without hanging up. Also, don't forget Mr. Crappie slow troll and double drop crappie rigs. Pre-tied with number two hooks, double swivel weights, and eight-pound line. Tie one on today. Look us up at bulletweights.com.
1: The True Life Taxidermy Studio in Granbury, Texas, has won best studio in the state of Texas time after time after time. Roy Holdridge and his True Life staff of artists take your memories to a higher level, a degree of professionalism and perfection that matches the memory of the hunt or that fishing trip. True Life can create and integrate lifelike landscape, multiple animals, fish, and fowl. International shipping and trophy care is turnkey when you turn it over to Roy Holdridge and True Life in Granbury, Texas. My home is a testament to the impeccable work of True Life Taxidermy, the ducks pheasant deer and fish are realistic and they last a special deer in memory on my wall dates back nearly 30 years and still looks fresh and new preserve that special memory this year with true life taxidermy visit the 1800 square foot trophy room and see roy's talent on display true life taxidermy is online at truelifetaxidermy.org.
0: camp house floor creaks a little, but don't worry. You're on solid ground. Well, Kender Outdoors.
1: Visiting with anglers from the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame. Different conversations I've had with these guys over the past decade plus. Like Mark Davis and Hank Parker, they're coming up a little later. Jimmy Houston is on deck, though. This corner of the camp house brought to you by Purina Pro Plan performance in the purple sport bag. Is at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores, and that's exactly what you need to be feeding that hard working bird dog or herding dog. Retriever Pro Plan Performance, optimal nutrition for the hard worker. It's a hot fuel, just cut back the amount you feed in the summertime, but feed it year round. 30% protein, 20% fat, Pro Plan Performance. What a thrill it was for me 10 years or so ago to join Jimmy Houston under a shade tree along the shoreline of crystal clear Oklahoma waters. He was there to MC a bass tournament. And while the anglers were on the water, it gave Jimmy and me ample time to visit. To, uh, you won the Oklahoma State Championship in 1966. And uh, take a quick nap, Jimmy, because I've got to read about you a little bit here. Uh, over a million dollars won in bass tournaments. Fifteen Bassmaster Classics, Bass Angler of the Year in 76, and again in 86. National Freshwater uh, Fishing Hall of Fame in 1990, Pro Bass Fishing Hall of Fame 2002, IGFA Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, and Legends of the Outdoors Hall of Fame, 2008, named King of Sports for Fishing in 1989. That's all I'm going to read because it's only an hour show. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, it kind of it kind of helps when you get old. I guess you get,
5: you get old, they start doing all that stuff for you. And, you know, uh, well, the it's IGFA. Nice be, it's
1: nice to work hard and be recognized. Well, it that. is. You know, the
5: IGFA Hall of Fame is kind of a neat deal because that's mostly saltwater, as you right, know, and right. and it is a worldwide Hall of Fame. The other Hall of Fames we're talking about all is just is in the United States and Americans, but. The IGFA's World worldwide, and there's and and, and pretty much um, probably half of the people that have ever been inducted um, to the to the IGFA Hall of Fame. Most of them they were inducted after they died. So right. uh, I think there's only something like twenty two or twenty three living members in mm. that. So it must be dangerous to be in it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to back you <laughs> I up. I to get me a bit. out of here. Man. But uh, but there's only a handful of freshwater fishermen actually in that. And you're talking about people like. You know Ted Williams and Ernest right. Hemingway and and, uh, yeah. and and of course you know current uh, you know superstars in there people Lefty like Cray, uh, Bill Dance and Roland Martin and Johnny Morris and but you know really probably you could count on uh, you know on both your both your hands how many freshwater fishermen are in there because it's basically been a saltwater and an international Hall of Fame probably more people from outside the United States in yeah. the IGFA very few people put in uh, you know. In any given t- uh, time, so it's it's pretty special, it's, it's, and I you know it's, it's a, something
1: I'm, I'm really pleased with. Oh, absolutely! Congratulations on all of your honors, too. That's uh, what what a career you've had. Do you? Let's go back to your childhood. When's the first time you remember wetting a hook? Who taught you how to hunt? Who taught you how to fish?
5: You know, I tell you, Billy. I you know I can't remember the first fish that I I, I caught. Uh, I can't remember the, the the first time I went fishing. I, I just don't. I I've never. I can't remember any, uh, not fishing. I guess mm-hmm. what you might say and. Uh, I grew up uh, not too far north of here at Moore, Oklahoma, and uh, uh, we lived uh, out, you know, which is the city now where we live, but it was country then, and we had a lot of farm ponds around. I, I grew up fishing a lot of farm ponds. Uh, my, my dad, my two uncles, my granddad carried me fishing as long as I can remember. Uh, we did a lot of uh, uh, crawfish fishing in uh, Crooked Creek, uh, run behind the house <laughs> with the, the bacon and catching crawfish and yeah. crawdads, we called them and in those days. and and, uh, and, and, you know, it, uh, living around Moore, Oklahoma, uh, it was in the, in the country. It's a, it's a big city school uh, district now, but it was in the country and that's what the kids did. We fished and hunted and all my, all my family fished and hunted. So, so, so that's what we did. Uh, I, I got a buddy of mine that uh, I fish and hunt with now uh, quite a bit, uh, Toby Keith. It's also from Moore and he tells, uh, he's a country singer and he, he tells everybody that, that I was the most famous person ever from Moore, Oklahoma, until he came along. <laughs> they, they put his name on the water tower, and I told him, I said, I had my name on that water tower, you know, before you were born. Oh,
1: <laughs> man. But, but they,
5: they painted over my name on that water tower, you know, I had it up there, in John Deere green uh, A lot of people,
1: a lot of people don't know this, but uh, but Jimmy Houston is a deacon at his Baptist church, and your faith runs deep and means a lot to you, doesn't it? It does,
5: you know, and uh, I have been a deacon at that church for for, for quite a few years now, and uh, I speak to probably twenty-five or thirty big churches around the nation. What do you tell them? Uh, well, you know, I just share my faith with them. Mm-hmm. I, I share the testimony and share what uh, you know what God's doing in my life at that particular time. You mm-hmm. know, which is uh, uh, is always a, you know different from time to time. You know, we've been doing that for for a lot of years, and mm-hmm. mostly now we do speak to to pretty good sized churches. Uh, it's usually the First Baptist Church in an area or a big non-denominational church. Right. Uh, you know, that's been a, a tremendous pleasure too. That that's probably as exciting to me as, as meeting, like I said, people like governors and presidents. Sure. And although that's a big thrill too. I, oh, I, sure. I, I yeah. got to admit, our governor here in Oklahoma loves the bass fish. Brad <laughs> Henry, and, yeah. uh, and of course the the governor, current governor of Texas is an outdoorsman, loves to Absolutely. fish. Absolutely, a big, big outdoorsman. Uh, and you know, actually, when I I actually met George W. Bush uh, when when his daddy uh, was vice president. And uh, at a fishing event and, and he huh. was you know, he's about my age and so uh you go clear back to when Ronald Reagan was president when, when George H. was uh um uh, right. vice president. So that's quite a few years back and and uh and that's all we talked about in those those days was fishing and never realizing that someday he would be the governor of Texas and and, and the president of the United States. So, yeah, it's just uh, awesome The trail. and, uh, and, and I, I almost hate to I almost hate to say this and I hope it doesn't get out, but, but but GW's daddy's a better fisherman than he is, and uh, you know. And, you uh, hope it doesn't get out, but we just announced it uh,
1: on a clear channel radio station across the uh, Yeah,
5: yeah. GW lives in Dallas now. Yeah, right? he does. He's a, he's a great friend, and uh, and obviously was a, a tremendously great president, yeah. and and and, and he, he's a good fisherman. And uh, hopefully soon I'll get to take him again, and he can prove that he can outfish his daddy. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go.
1: I got to talk to you real quick about television. First of all. First time you ever kissed a fish, it must you must have gotten a heck of a reaction, because you've kissed every one of them since.
5: Kiss, no, I don't. I only kiss the female fish, and uh, <laughs> mostly mostly the attractive female fish, but I've kissed yeah. a few unattractive ones, too, but but, uh, but I don't kiss the boys. And uh, well, uh, Not on the pink team, no way. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, and I don't know where we started kissing fish. I have no idea. They were probably in a tournament situation, or maybe one time we was doing a television show and needing a, a good fish or two. We've never staged a fish in 34 years of... So of outdoor television we caught them all live right in front of the camera i'm so, so glad you
11: said that yeah we've never
5: done that and and uh and there are a lot of fish states on television as people know but we've just never done it and and probably well, i guess we're too old to do it now but uh but it was probably one of those days maybe when we just really needed another fish or two to make sure we got a show that day because mm-hmm. you know if you if you go out and you fish all day and you don't catch no fish to get a television show it's just you strike out right it's just like a a hitter that walks up to the plate and and uh, you know and takes three strikes and walks back to the dugout, he really had not accomplished much at that time at yeah. bat. And so uh, that that's just part of it. Uh, twenty
1: three years or twenty years at ESPN.
5: We were at uh,
1: we were on ESPN for top rated outdoor show on ESPN. Top rated show
5: there for almost all of those twenty years and uh, certainly the last eighteen or nineteen of them. And I think we still are the third longest running show ever on ESPN. Mm-hmm. The largest, the longest running show. On ESPN, consecutively has been Sports Center, and actually the second longest running show on there is Jerry McKinnis' The Fishing Hole.
1: Hey, thank you so much for the time, Jimmy. And listen, come out to West Texas go bird hunting with me. I've got some pretty nice bird dogs.
5: Hey, I tell you, I love it. I you know I kill a lot of birds every year. I I love to bird hunt uh, both quail and pheasant, and uh, we. We do a lot of turkey hunting and deer hunting and get yeah. me a big 300-score bull with my bow and you talk. Awesome, so man. We right. uh, we get after that hunting pretty hard. Yes, and you this, do. This is a great time of the year. You, you have a, make a tough decision every day whether to go hunting or fishing. I know. Yeah, I, a great I normally just do both. <laughs> right. <laughs> there you go. That's what
1: the middle of the day is for. That's, it. that's it. Thank you, Jimmy Houston. Thank you, Billy. The legendary Jimmy Houston. You know you don't have to visit with these guys very long at all to realize why they are Hall of Famers. They're quality folks and oh yeah they can fish this corner of the camphouse brought to you by purina pro plan with lots of different formulas because there are lots of different dogs pick up the pro plan formula that best suits your dog at atwood's ranch and home stores let's grab a cup of coffee and then come back and visit with hank parker hey everybody it's dominic zamito with two rivers fly shop in North Fork arkansas when i'm not in the great outdoors i'm sure thinking about it with big billy kinder outdoors Billy, are you sinking? It looks like you've got a heck of a hole in your waders there. Marksman Firearms and Outfitters' mission is to guide and educate customers, whether they're new to firearms or experienced, skilled shooters. They take the time to teach you which guns will properly suit your needs, as well as how to care for them to ensure the longevity and quality of your firearm. At Marksman, they believe every customer deserves a place to go that offers the largest variety at reasonable prices with staff that's truly knowledgeable and always puts the customer first. For more info, go to MarksmanFirearms.com. Make your mark at Marksman. Hey, it's Billy Kinder. If you've listened to me very long, you know that I depend on buffalo wool products to keep me warm in harsh winter conditions. But did you know that these highly effective buffalo fibers work equally well in the heat of summer?
9: Their native range goes from toke Alaska, down past Mexico City.
1: Ron and Teresa Miskin have three decades of weaving perfection from those precious insulating fibers of the bison, and they put them to the test on the world's toughest playground.
8: That's our field testing. The moose hunting, um, there's so much that goes on up there.
9: The big advantage of bison fiber, besides the insulation, is it's moisture wicking and keeping your feet dry, your your body dry, and that sweat away from there reduces the bacterial growth, reduces any foot fungus or anything like that. Bison fiber in a cowboy boot will run 3 to 5 degrees cooler than a cotton sock.
1: Take a look at the new line of cool, wicking buffalo wool for the summer.
9: TheBuffaloWoolCo.com
11: I didn't know buffaloes had wool.
1: Yep com. Hey, let me give you the dates for the 2023 Hunter's Extravaganza shows. It all gets kicked off in Houston in about a month. August 4, 5, and 6 at the NRG Center in Houston. Then move it up to Fort Worth. Back to Tarrant County we go August 11 through 13 at the Fort Worth Convention Center. And the third and final Hunter's Extravaganza for 2023 will be in San Antonio, August 18, 19, and 20 at the Freeman Coliseum Expo Hall. See you there. The Tournament by Ken Kirkaby. Get it on Amazon.
8: At the Outdoors Tomorrow Foundation, we're really happy to have more than 50,000 kids in school classrooms learning about archery, fishing, boating, and other outdoor skills each year. We're thrilled that we have grown to schools across the United States and continue to grow. We're humbled that teaching wildlife conservation to our future generations have been so eagerly accepted by more than a quarter million kids so far. We're happy, thrilled, and humbled Contact me, Scott McClure. I'm at GoOTF.com. That's Scott at GoOTF.com.
1: Dove hunting in Argentina is well documented, but as my friends at JJ Casaria, Cordoba Doves will tell you, the duck hunting is unmatched anywhere in the world. Lane Balky is the U.S. representative for JJ Casaria.
9: The duck lodge uh, is in Corrientes, We shoot 30 ducks in the morning and 10 Purdy's in the afternoon. We have 11 different species of ducks. We have a duck season from the 15th of April to the 31st of August.
1: You are assured before you ever leave American soil that you're going to feel welcome and at home when you hunt with your new friends at J.J. Casarilla.
9: Our lodge is beautiful. It's four years old. It has 10 double bedrooms, all with private baths, all heated and air-conditioned. Uh, It's very comfortable. We don't put on air, so you'll feel as relaxed in the lodge as you do in your living room.
1: Hunt world-class doves and ducks in Argentina. Plan next year now by visiting cordobadoves.com.
5: My name is Jose Grasso, the owner of JJ Cacheria. Can see me in Argentina.
0: Kids along. This is where heritage is guarded just for them. Kinder Outdoors.
1: From our base camp, our home away from home, I'm talking about the Vineyards, Campground, and Cabins on beautiful Grapevine Lake, Texas. Big 4th of July celebration out over the water every year. Always spectacular. This corner of the camp house brought to you by the Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza coming to Fort Worth. August 11, 12, and 13 at the Fort Worth Convention Center, Dallas, last year. That was a one-time deal because of logistics back in Fort Worth at the Convention Center this year, August 11, 12, and 13. The granddaddy, the hunter's extravaganza. No visit to the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame would be complete without a sit-down with this guy, Hank Parker. Man, I've been wanting to sit down with you for a long time uh, because... There's, there's two things in this life that just make me happy. Banjo music and watching Hank Parker on TV. Man, that's you're just fun. You have fun with life, don't you? You know, I've never been rated up there with banjo music. I think that's pretty hot right there. You've never heard a sad banjo song in your life, have you?
7: <laughs> no, I really haven't. Now that I think about it, you're right on. Ricky Skaggs, That's my, that's got to be your hero.
1: <laughs> He's right up there for sure. I'm sure when this television thing started, you had no idea that, what, 27 years later it'd still be going you know, it was, we just took it a day at
7: a time, and it's been fun. I had no idea how long the ride would be, but uh, it was something I love to do, and I've had a good time, and I want to continue as long as I can, but it is surprising that
1: it's lasted this long. You started fishing, what, when you were 16 years old? What got you interested in bass fishing in particular, fishing?
7: You know, when I was a kid, my grandfather took me red breast fishing down on the Oak Muggy River in Georgia, and it was just so fascinating to be able to sight fish. And you'd see these fish that were uh, spawning and they were nesting, and you could cast to them. And as I got older, you know, we didn't have that red breast fishing in North Carolina where I lived, but we had bass fishing, and bass fishing was similar. And uh, I just got absolutely fascinated and hooked on fishing at a real, real young age, probably six, seven, eight years old. And then when I was 10, 11 years old, I, I kind of gravitated toward bass. And by the time I was 16, I was I was hooked completely.
1: <laughs> you were eat up with it. When did you kind of look at your fishing and say, you know what, I'm pretty good at this. I think I can beat those older guys.
7: You know, I had no options. I wasn't qualified to do anything other than pick up tin cans on the side of the road, and aluminum prices were extremely low. And, uh, you know, uh, don't litter, don't mess with Texas. You know how that that kind of started in North Carolina. People weren't throwing their cans out, so it was hard to make a living doing that. So I had my other option was going fishing, so I chose fishing.
1: And you did well. A couple of Bassmaster classics. What's it take? I know we've got a a lot of local trails that listen to the show every week and a lot of local fishermen. What's it take to win a classic? And don't say luck, doggone it.
7: Well, you know, it is the... the, Harder you work, the luckier you'll get. You'll yep. find that always. But it doesn't matter whether it's a Bassmaster Classic or it doesn't matter if it's a club championship. It doesn't matter what it is. I've never really been motivated motivated by the money. I've always been motivated by the competition. And uh, you've got to focus and you've got to understand who you're fishing against, and understand the water you're fishing against, and understand the capability of what that lake is. You know, you go to some lakes and you realize, boy, you're going to get so few bites. You don't want to catch fish in practice. You want to really be concerned. If you go to other lakes and everybody's going to catch a limit official, so you've got to get a better grade of fish, or so you've got to catch fish in practice to understand. So part of being able to uh, compete, and today it's so much easier than it was in the past because there's so much history that you can look up about a lake and about a tournament on the Internet that you kind of know what it takes to win. So you've got to know the personality of that lake going in for that particular time of year to know kind of what
1: you're shooting for. I've heard you say before that one of your favorite parts of fishing is figuring out a new body of water. You really enjoy the study that goes into it. Somebody uh, pulling up on on a lake for the very first time, dumping the boat in, what are you looking for?
7: You know, again, you go back to uh, a little bit of research. You got to ask yourself now: Is it spawning season? Is it pre-spawn? Is it post-spawn? Uh, are the fish keying in on food or, or a spawning area? Uh, so you determine what you're looking for. And one of the things that I tell people when fish are keying in on bait: uh, Look for the birds. Go find the birds. They're going to show you where the bait is every time, without exception. They fish for a living, so they're going to be where the bait is. You find the bait, you find the cover, and then you have this big tackle box. I like to call it a toolbox because fishing lures are nothing but tools. And you look into your fishing toolbox and you say, now what lure do I have that would most thoroughly fish this structure? And you choose a bait accordingly. You know, you, you look at the size of the bait fish the fish you're feeding on, and you take all that into consideration consideration, and then you start with your lure selection, and it's just a process of elimination. We're going to try this, we're going to try this, and we're going to try this. And it's always important to keep that process of elimination going in, a, in an order that you can keep up with and you know. You don't go back and start repeating yourself. Once you've eliminated water eliminated the lure, move on, move on. A lot of people get hung up. I tell people, if you want to be a better fisherman, then leave your favorite bait at home for a year. There's so many people that rely on a bait. They don't read the water. Hey, I caught them on this lipless crankbait three times in a row, that's all I'm going to throw. And that is a very, very bad habit and a pit to fall into. Leave your favorite bait at home for a year and you'll learn to be more effective at reading water and discerning what lure you need to use to catch fish under all sorts of circumstances and conditions.
1: And and guys, I want to make it clear, he said leave your favorite bait at home for a year, not your wife, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Your (laughs) wife is
7: way more important. People tell me all the time, you know, boy, what a great accomplishment. I know you've made a lot of sacrifices is to be able to do what you do and uh, I agree with with that I have I've made a lot of sacrifices, but I will tell you this I have a wife uh, children and grandchildren I wouldn't trade one of my children or my wife or my grandchildren for every bass at every swam. they're way more important to me than fishing.
1: Speaking of relationships you were pretty much a knothead till you were about 16 years old what in the heck changed you?
7: Well, I, I wasn't pretty much a knothead. I was a total pine knot, just as fat headed as you could get. And uh, when I was actually 21 years old, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, and the whole perspective for me inside you know i changed from the inside out i looked at life different but god really got a hold of me and showed me who i was and i didn't like who i was at all and he allowed me to make changes i hadn't made all the changes i need to i'm a work in progress
1: (laughs) we all are and we like to hang on to things and and we do because we're still human um winning a couple of bassmaster classics being so popular on television through the years that's allowed you to go fishing with some pretty neat people that God put on this earth. Who are some of your favorite folks?
7: Well, I'm a big uh, George W. Herbert Bush fan. I've had the privilege to fish in a couple of presidential tournaments with him. That's been pretty awesome, and George W. as well. I've fished with Larry Bird, I've fished with Randy White of the Dallas Cowboys, I've fished with Bo Jackson back in the days that Bo was on top of the world, I've had great privilege fish with uh, Tony Dungy just a year ago, had a great time with uh, Tony Dungy, what an awesome man he is, fished with a lot of great people, but out of everybody I fish with, I guess I like fishing with my sons and my grandsons the best. Yeah. yeah.
1: (laughs) You also get a big kick out of fishing with kids. Uh, uh, handicapped kids, disabled kids, and our military folks. We love them, I, and I, I appreciate you loving them. You know,
7: you got to have a purpose, and uh, when there are people that you can help just by being there and spending time and taking a little bit of time to, to bring some attention to who they are and whatever their problems may be, and you can bring that to light, and just have a good day. Go out and forget. You know, we take a lot of children with life-threatening illnesses that, uh, through the Outdoor Dream Foundation, which is an Awesome organization out of South Carolina, and we take these uh, kids, and they forget about chemotherapy, they forget about surgery, they forget at least for that one day. And to see these little kids smile and to hug your neck, and that breaks your heart. I, I don't mind telling you, some of my toughest experiences have been when, uh, when some of these little guys pass away, or some of these little girls that you uh, you grow so close to, but. For at least one day, I was able to help them smile, and that's that's worth a lot.
1: What a great guy, Hank Parker, bass fishing Hall of Famer, as all of our guests are on the show today. Coming up in a few minutes, Mark Davis, the Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganzas Bring you this corner of the camp house at Kinder Outdoors. Coming to the Fort Worth Convention Center. You know they were in Dallas last year. And that was a one-time deal. Because of COVID, everything got backed up in Tarrant County, and they didn't have a place to go. Now they're back at the Convention Center August 11, 12, and 13 in Fort Worth. The Texas Trophy Hunters extravaganza.
10: Hey, everybody. It's professional angler Mark Davis. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm sure thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors.
1: U.S. Highway 287 carries elk hunters and fly fishers, snow skiers and bird dog chasers, 72-ounce steak eaters, varied Cadillac picture takers, antelopers, prairie doggers, and rattlesnakers. The Herdware Store sits on Highway 287 near Goodnight, Texas. Now, only 18 people live around here, so to keep the lights turned on, we need you 287 travelers to stop by. Come in out of the weather and take a look at the most unique store between the Gulf and Pacific coasts. Freedom Hunters, they say thank you to our very bravest and finest in a very special way. Uh, we're a 501c3 military outreach program. We take servicemen and their families out on outdoor ventures, mainly hunting, fishing, shooting trips all around the country and internationally too. These trips are more than a thank you and a good time, far more. It invigorates them. The healing comes out of it. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing. I started it just as a thank you as a give back, I had no idea the therapeutic value of these hunts. I mean, it, it just it changes them. You can see it in their eyes. When they show up at camp, they're quiet and, and reserved. By the end of, end of camp, they're opened up and uh, you know, chatting with other veterans. It's amazing. You can go on our website. We've got a donation button. Or just email us and say, hey, here's the opportunity. We'll fit a vet into that opportunity, whatever it is. Freedomhunters.org. The Wild Sheep Foundation, our purpose sounds simple, to put and keep wild sheep on the mountain. But from where we stand to the top of the mountain is a challenging and exciting journey. To be successful, we support the top scientific minds in wildlife research. We tell the story and history of the wild sheep in North America to those around us, like you. And step by step, we protect and grow wild sheep populations. If not for the Wild Sheep Foundation, more than $115 million in care, concern, and conservation work would not have happened over the past 40 years. Important work that has seen our wild sheep populations grow from 25,000 or so in the 1950s to more than 85,000 today. Learn more about the worldwide leader in wild sheep conservation. Secure a membership. Attend a banquet. Bid on an auction item make an impact on top of the mountain, wildsheepfoundation.org.
0: We've camped on the ground and in five-star lodges, but never found a more welcome camp than this one, Kender Outdoors.
1: Brought to you by our friends at the Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza. Coming back to San Antonio, August 18, 19, and 20 at the Freeman Coliseum Expo Hall. You know the drill. Seminars, the latest gear, live gators, snakes, lots to eat. (laughs) All the details at huntersextravaganza.com or come see me at kinderoutdoors.com. And uh, we've got the link there for you. We're visiting with... Bass fishing Hall of Famers on the show today: Gary Klein, Jimmy Houston, Hank Parker, and one of my favorite guys, Mark Davis from Mount Ida, Arkansas. How did you find out about it? Uh, when did you learn that you were going in?
10: Well, those rascals at MLF—you know—we just had had that event uh, down at Lake Conroe, and uh, they kept it a secret from me, and they invited me over to the set, you know. On um, one of our off days during the event, and I thought I was going over there for a for just an interview, you know, and uh they get me all macked up and and on the live stream, and and uh, all of a sudden they had recorded earlier with with KVD and Gary Klein and and uh, Shaw and and Paula Lice and 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 they they broke the news to me you know through that so it, it really caught me off guard i was not at all expected that, so that was uh, that was a, a sweet surprise
1: that's a great moment and we're going to link that up on uh, our website for folks to see as well it's on the major league fishing uh, website if you want to see the moment that uh, mark found out about it man from the time you started fishing professionally until now, things have changed equipment-wise drastically, the boats, the electronics, the rods, the reels, the line, the lures, the whole shebang. It's lighter, it's faster, it's tougher, it's stronger, it's better. What were you fishing with 23, 24 years ago when you first fished a professional bass tournament?
10: I began in 1986, and boat-wise, I was on a 19-foot Bass Cat Pantera, which was you know, a big boat in those days, you know, a 19 footer in the late 80s, mid 80s, that was a big boat. And of course yeah. we had, had 150s back in those days. And, uh, you know, some flashers and, uh, 24 volt trolling motors. And, you know, if you had two good flashers and a good trolling motor, you, you were, you were, you were doing good. And that's what our boats were rigged with back in those days. And now we've got, oh my gosh, it's changed so much, Billy. You know, everything's bigger, better, stronger, lighter, as you said, and, and electronics, uh, rods, reels, lures, hooks, everything, line, everything is just, it, it's changed so much, and it's going to continue to change. You know, I was hanging around the boat shopping and just got back home a day or two ago, and, and, you know, we were talking about the live scope and the new live units in and and how good they are, and, and someone in there said, when will it ever stop? When will it ever end? And my answer was it, it, it will not end. It's going to continue to improve. And, uh, you know, who knows, you know, 10, 20 years from now, who knows where we're going to be with this stuff.
1: And these uh, young kids like Hunter and Fisher, your twin boys fishing, uh, that have been fishing in the high school circuits and then onto the college circuits, and these kids coming out, man, you can see that new stuff reflected in them. They get it. Oh,
10: absolutely of course the, yeah and the learning curve is is a lot shorter now than it was you know when i started in when i started you know you, you had to pretty much learn it on your own you know and and these these young kids nowadays there's so much out there they could pick up they still have to go out there and make it work for them but it's so much easier you know for them to pick it up and 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 apply it to their fishing than it was you know, thirty years ago,
1: when you first started, a waypoint back then was eyeballing a telephone pole in line with an oak tree, and, that's, and that's getting the out there, yeah, get out there by the line of sight.
10: Yep, and, and you know, you, you, I think you were a better angler in those days because you had to. Uh, you talk about a piece of structure. When I say structure, I'm talking about like a hump or a creek channel or, or something like that. You had to visualize by using your electronics how that thing was shaped, you know. And uh, then you learned as you idled around on it and looking at the shape of it, you, you found those little features that held the fish, Would it be, you know, a point or, a, you know, a sharp drop or, or whatever it was on that piece of, piece of structure that held the fish. But you you had to visualize. You know, in your mind, you didn't have a map. You didn't have a GPS map to look at. Nowadays, you you can see all the little features out there on that structure on a ledge or whatever that you're fishing. In those days, you didn't have that. Then you had to basically fish, and like you said, you had to line up things and, and find triangulate and, and have lineups. And, and that was the way you had to fish.
11: And yeah. If, if,
10: it was fog, if it was foggy that morning, you couldn't see your lineups, guess what? You probably weren't going to get on the spot, you know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot, a lot my, different now. <laughs> yes, sir. It has changed a lot. Hey, when you uh, first began fishing uh, BASS in the very early days, who were some of the heroes of fishing then? Who were the guys you looked up to?
10: Well, Larry, Larry Nixon was always my hero. You know, he was from Arkansas, and, of course, he Larry moved to the Bend, uh right out of right out of school and and started guiding down there and, and fishing tournaments. and but he was the man i mean there there were some others uh but Larry was the guy that I looked up to the most he was just the if, when I came along, in my opinion, Larry was the most complete angler on the tour as far as uh you know knowing how to could, he was so versatile he could do it all and and i and I tried to emulate. Larry, and that was, and you know, Larry's still fishing. Larry, Larry's getting on up in years, just like all of us. But you know, there was a lot of good guys out there. But Larry, Larry was my hero.
1: Hey, if I remember correctly, you told your dad you wanted to be a professional bass fisherman, and he kind of frowned on that, didn't he?
10: Well, he did, and you know, this was. Uh, I was, I was lucky, I guess, or maybe I was unlucky. I don't know, but uh, you know, and I, I talk to my boys all the time. We, what are you going to do? Get out of school? They don't know what they want to do. But I was one of those kids that I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I want to make a living bass fishing. And of course, my dad was old school, and he's like, "Son, no one makes a live bass fishing. You know, that's just not a you know that, that that's that, that's not going to work." Of course, uh, you know, in those days there weren't but a handful. That. I'm talking about back when I was in grade school, uh, you know, maybe nine, ten years old. There there was just a, a little bitty handful of guys, and you know tournament bash fishing was was it was a brand new sport in those days so uh yeah he he wasn't too keen on the idea of it starting out but once i got into it uh, i had his full support once i got started he could kind of see the the road you know that that was laid out there in front of me and uh he, he was all for it once I got going with it.
1: Well, and it has uh, that road has led directly to the Hall of Fame. You've done it at such a high level for such a long time. And as we saw on Conroe just a few days ago, you're still fishing at a very high level. And, again, Mark, we congratulate you, and, and we're sure tickled for you.
10: Well, I sure appreciate that, Billy. And, uh, like I said, I, people ask me all the time, 55, people ask all the time, well, how many more years are you going to fish? And I said, hey, I take it you know one year at a time, but I have no plans of stopping any time in, in the future,
8: or, or, or at least
10: in the near future. You, know, I'm, <laughs> you can't do it forever, but I have no plans of stopping yet.
1: He's in the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame, my friend Mark Davis. You know, I've had the opportunity to do some really cool things and hang out with some really awesome people during the course of this radio show, podcast, broadcast, Uh, But one of the coolest was a day on the water in Mark's boat on Grand Lake, Oklahoma, practicing for the Bassmaster Classic. Edwin Evers won it, and that was great to see. Edwin's a good friend. But what a special time I had with one of my bass fishing heroes, Mark Davis. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us in camp today. I hope you've enjoyed it. I also want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the time we have together in this camp house each and every week. Come on back next time around. Till then, may God bless you and your bunch.